You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our exclusive coverage of the greatest television show in the history of the world. Third watch. We are still in the first season, but we have officially crossed the halfway point. That is right. We are now into the second half of the first season. Episode 12, entitled Journey to the Himalayas, first aired on January 24th in the year 2000. And I feel like we should also give a special note to the writers and directors of these episodes because it's not all about the actors. Without uh, writers and directors, these episodes wouldn't get put together. So this episode, written by John Romano and directed by Kenneth think shout out to those two people uh right now though we're going to shout out by saying my name is ben and you want to listen to this podcast okie dokie hello and my name is brandy and eskimos in the himalayas <laughs> should be interesting yes I, I bump into a lot of them every time i go to the himalayas uh, <laughs> just <laughs> seeing them uh, it's an educational episode i feel this one if you didn't know that the you know you're on bosco's mind point you didn't know where eskimos live uh, perhaps you learned a bit this episode. I don't know about you, but uh, maybe I did when I was like 12 years old and I first saw this episode. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. Third Watch can be educational from uh, from time to time. Uh, but, but I'm excited for this episode. Uh, I'm excited for every single episode because Third Watch is an amazing TV show. But uh, this one, uh, I think, is a, is, a, is a good episode. There's lots of good stuff in this and uh, we're getting a lot of these storylines, I feel, uh, continuing on uh, very well. We meet... Uh, some people in this one, obviously, that uh, have a bit of a focus in this uh, middle part of the first season. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I don't know, before we get into this, if you have anything briefly to say about this episode going into it, if uh, if you, you have anything to add, Brandy, or you want to just get into get into it? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I like that attitude. We're, we're forward-thinking. We're straight into it. Um, we're, we're back into one of these um, uh, Tonight on Third Watch moments, aren't we? that we've kind of skipped a little bit, and then we've gone back into tonight on Third Watch, um, which I yes. think we did talk about a few episodes ago, but I'm not a fan of this. I, I, I don't know if you have any differing thoughts on the fact that we haven't seen this in a while. And Hey, let's bring it back. definitely makes it confusing. I was watching it, and I was like, wait, I thought this... <laughs> it definitely makes it confusing, because you can't remember exactly what scenes have happened, yeah. and it works. Because I, I thought we'd seen some of these scenes, and I'm like, okay, this is coming up. And so I wish they would have kept it just like... The theme song, I mean, the first we have an introduction to the theme song and then it goes into the episode, but yeah. It's just such a weird concept to have, like, a tonight on Third Watch. Like, I mean, I, I vaguely might remember a few other TV shows at the time that kind of experimented with this, but... It's just, I don't know, I just don't get why this would be a thing. Like, you, you've seen this advertised on TV during the week. You kind of, they always have the clips of teasers to get you to watch it, so you're already watching it. So it's not like people sitting down on, like, an NBC on, uh, I think this was still on a Thursday night at the time, was it not? You know, that they get there and they're just basically like, oh, oh, I wasn't going to watch this, but now I am because this looks awesome. <laughs> like, I mean, you're already watching the show. Why do you need to be told what's coming up? I agree. I mean, a recap is fine because you're like previously. In case you missed it, you're like okay. Yeah. But tonight on watch, there's no reason for it. Yeah. There really isn't. But I think it was like, I think it was like this new thing they were testing at one point because I've seen it on other shows as well. Yeah. And yeah, maybe if somebody was like, oh, this is the episode I want to watch. It's, <laughs> it's, it's this one. It's also like I mean, one thing that I have noticed too with the previously ons is that, and maybe it's just because kind of at this point in the show at least there wasn't a whole lot of recurring storylines that were kind of continuing on because it's still a lot about character development and everything but a lot of the previously on third watches they never really show much that is connected too well to that episode if that makes sense so it's it's kind of it is very um interesting to kind of see that previously on and also just quickly i will say i'll I'll correct myself to be kind of the bit of an anal person i am with this sort of stuff it actually aired on monday nights at this point in uh it's in history so i think i said a thursday night but uh that was nbc's must must watch tv i still believe still existed back in 2000 so um yeah monday monday night third watch it got moved around a lot as we know but um anyway we, we we should maybe do a beginning of these podcasts in the future, Brandy, tonight on the Oz Network. Um, I mean, I'll do that as a joke, but there's too much editing and fart-assing around and that, so that's why you never heard that at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we get straight into, we're in roll call. 
uh, straight away uh, they're, they're talking about what's going on and I don't know if, if immediately uh, this kind of dated this episode, the fact that they can say we have a missing retarded girl. Now, I don't think you'd get away with saying that in 2017, a little bit more politically correct now. Uh, I don't know if that was something that stood out for you as soon as this episode began. That kind of dated this as a you know late 90s, early 2000s show. I don't think so. I mean, does it? I I was going to use the quote actually when he says it. I'm like, is that the retarded girl? Oh yeah, like, later on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't use that. I was like, no, that's. <laughs> I mean, I think no. it, it works in a way because I mean, like someone like Bosco, who is you know a little bit of a bigot. Um, you know, obviously he's going to say something like that. And I guess, you know, uh, I'm sure, and again, this is no disrespect to anybody from the NYPD who might be listening. I'm sure there are still people within the NYPD and other police forces around the world who would still use that. But I just, uh, I guess this is just the world we live in, isn't it? The PC brigade. We'd be like, oh, you can't say retarded on network TV. That's <laughs> offensive. It's just hidden now. It's just more hidden. Yeah. But I bet... I'm sure that's what they say. I mean, teachers probably say stuff like that about certain students. I mean, it's been on the news. Yeah. It's just hidden more. And when it comes out, that's when everything goes to hell. I'm more offended so. by uh, Davis's joke about the fat white guys. Um, like, hello, I'm a fat white guy. I'm offended. All right? Screw you, Davis. Um, but we get this roll call, obviously, you know, we, we hear about this, uh, retarded girl. I'm just gonna, I'm saying retarded girl because that's what's saying the episode. I'm not, you know, just, yes, we can, yeah, anyway. Um, so that's gonna be a part of the storyline. And obviously a lot of people are sick. So, uh, therefore, Davis's throwaway comment about fat white guys pisses off Sully. And because people are sick, uh, the captain obviously asks any volunteers to kind of change up their rides or ride solo. And uh, Sully uh, volunteers. He wants to ride solo because he's obviously pissed off at Davis's comment. So that means that Davis gets to ride with Tepper, uh, this, you know, very throwaway cop who we meet for all of five minutes and are never to be seen again. She is in the Dana model of our character development in Third Watch. Um, but it's, it's interesting, again, maybe dating this episode, casual sexism, Brandy, the fact that she turns around and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, Davis shoots and scores, you know, oh, yeah, she's hot. Um, and then kind of she's just like, settle down, boys. <laughs> you know, again, are we going to get away with that in 2017? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, joke's on him. Um, who was it? The copy gets put up eventually. Talks about, oh, she would have talked about her rich boyfriend yeah. or something like that. So joke's on him. But... I mean, no, I don't think you could. <laughs> I mean, now with it, what is it, feminism going on like super hard right now, and all these other like, ah, oh, what is it? these protests? No, no. I just, I just love the fact that you, as a, as a female, Brandy, just literally said, "What is this thing? Feminism?" <laughs> um, I mean, no, no. I mean, I have friends who are so diehard. Like, I know people are, who are diehard, and I'm just like, I didn't grow up with all that, so I'm just like, <laughs> it's still kind of do. It's, I mean, I know what it stands for. It's just, I'm not diehard. Anyway. Okay. I'm kidding, you like. <laughs> all right, just, just, just checking, just checking. I've just, I've just looked up here the actress who. Uh, does play our favourite uh, two-minute police officer, Linda Tepper. Uh, her name is Donna Marie Recco, uh, apparently well-known for Analyze This, Analyze That, was in uh, the remake of Annie a couple of years ago. And uh, I can also see here that she joins a long-recurring cast of Third Watch actors who have appeared in Blue Bloods. Uh, <laughs> so um, I don't think I actually recognise her on Blue Bloods because, again, she's in Third Watch for all of 30 seconds. You blink and miss her. So, um, there you go. Uh, all those big, massive fans out there of uh, Donna Marie Recco. Maybe we can track her down and get her on the show. What was it like playing a cop on Third Watch for five minutes? Um, anyway, I do, I do love, I do love Davis's line though when he's like, you know, after he realizes he's riding with her, and he goes to Sally, "You want to ride alone?" Okie dokie. <laughs> I love the way he says that line. <laughs> oh man, Davis. At first, I thought he was a little like, "Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to run with me?" Like offended, but now, yeah. I do. I just love the way he, Kobe <laughs> Bell delivers that line. It's uh, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> we we cut then to uh, Maddie and Bobby in Bobby's apartment. Oh, yeah. uh, and I love this scene. Uh, I think I talked a little bit about this last episode that I kind of like the initial setup of this whole Maddie storyline. Obviously, it turns quite sad by the end, but just uh, you know, he's part of his twelve step program. Obviously, becoming sober. He basically has to uh, confront those who he's hurt 
and tell them the truth about things that have happened in the past. And, uh, you know, this this starts off by basically saying that uh, he was sleeping with Bobby's ex-girlfriend, Serena, from Avenue B. I love how they say that. Um, he, learnt that he stole money that um, he had to find for his mum. And then he also apparently did something to Bobby's Ford. My Mustang! Uh, <laughs> which I just love the line. I love how Bobby's like, I hate this! <laughs> like, it's such a fun wow. scene. You make the breakfast, we're even. <laughs> He's like, no, I gotta get this out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. He acts like, can I just say, he acts so calm, because I know we get a scene later on when, like, he's sitting with Kim, and he's basically like, oh, I just can't get it out of my head. Like, I mean, I don't have a brother, so this could never happen. Maybe if my sister slept with one of my ex-girlfriends, that's a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> but, like, I don't think I'm gonna react so calmly if I'm with someone for two years and find out for two years that, you know... They've been sleeping together. Like, I mean, he's a very forgiving brother. Can I just point that out? He is. I'll be mad at him and the female. Like, I would want to go look up that number, that number, and call her up and be like, "You gotta say something." I mean, because it's brand new. It's fresh in your mind now. Yeah, and you look at you look at like Kim's kind of the reason I guess she got divorced from Jimmy is that Jimmy slept with her sister. We also see later on find out in this episode that another friend of Kim's was also sleeping with Jimmy. But as we know, Kim's not speaking to her sister. I think we get a resolution in season two, perhaps, with that sister. But, I mean, it's still kind of like she's still not speaking to her sister after all this year. So Kim, I think, is a little bit more like me and possibly like you, how we would handle that situation, where Bobby, sure, he reacts, but then he's just kind of like, eh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> very forgiving man is Bobby uh, so, oh. <laughs> clearly I definitely oh Maddie Maddie I mean this whole episode is kind of funny with that <laughs> respect because Maddie it's not like about Bobby's brother though is that he's so like I have to get this out yeah like <laughs> he doesn't understand that people don't want to hear it because this is not the end of it yeah he's going to go on and try to get things out and it's like, I just love that. He's, like, really trying to get things out. And it's like, really? No one wants to hear that. Yeah, and it, it definitely comes full circle, this like this whole storyline with Maddie and obviously in this episode. And I don't know if we've really um, given much props to, to John Cedar, who plays uh, Maddie Caffey, of course. And, I mean, he's become a bit of an established name, of course. I think you watch uh, Chicago Fire and Chicago PD, and obviously he's... Uh, one of the main characters in that now in Chicago Justice. He's this is this is a funny thing which maybe one time like once we get through Third Watch and I think we want to do Southland is that eventually maybe we need to look at the kind of Chicago Fire PD and Justice um, series because I mean when it comes down to it it is almost like modern day Third Watch kind of but they've made it into separate shows because they're obviously tying in all those sort of uh, you know those uh, those professions aren't they whereas you know obviously Third Watch did it first and better because they managed to do it all in one show, and we don't need, like, three different versions of the same bloody show. Oh, man. I love it, though. I mean, Chicago Justice Justice actually got uh, cancelled, so he's going right back to Chicago PD. Right. Okay. I I think I watched, like, the first few episodes of Chicago Fire... Uh, didn't really get into it because I mean I guess as you kind of notice the fire storylines in Third Watch are generally my least favorite anyway. So, um, but I mean, yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind uh, being able to watch a little bit more of some of those. But yeah, definitely props to to John Cedar. I, again, I don't think we've really mentioned too much um, about him. Um, but uh, yeah, I I'm actually just reading here about him. Uh, apparently, his first passion in life was boxing, and he tried out for the uh, 92 Olympics, but didn't quite make it. Yep. So, uh, there That's you go. The <laughs> That's part of the storyline in the uh, Chicago series. Oh, right. There you go. Did not know that. So, uh, hello, John Cedar, if you're listening. Kind of sounds like uh, John Cena, but it's not John Cedar. Uh, Cena. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, we're, we're back to the police. Uh <laughs> Bosco uh, and Yokus. It's just another classic Bosco and Yokus scene in the car. Uh, you know, I mean, the whole Bosco Yokus storyline this episode really isn't, you know, that major. They're basically the ones trying to find the, the missing girl. But we do get some great scenes between the two when they're in the car, and it's like, this is all the way up. Why is it still so damn cold? And Yokus is just like, maybe because it's broken. <laughs> just like, again, it's just kind of this whole motherly aspect and Bosco just being like the, you know, naughty little kid. And then just this speech that Bosco gives, like, 
I mean, bless his little heart. He's obviously not the most educated person in the world. He's uh, Maurice Boscarelli, but he just has this speech like, why do people go to the Antarctic and climb mountains and stuff? You know, and like, Yoko's, you know, Yoko's just her, her lovely little blase, you know, it's like, uh, yes, people in the Himalayas climb mountains. Uh, they go to Antarctica to find the South Pole. <laughs> and she's just like, you know, like, oh, I'll do it in a heartbeat, you know, be, you know, like fret and all, but you know, where's your sense of adventure? I just, I just love their banter. It's just, you could just imagine this is just an everyday thing for these two, couldn't you? It is. I, that's what's so good about these characters. Like you, it's every day. Like you can just imagine how their life is even off screen. If this was real life, you forget that you're watching a show actually sometimes because the characters are so good. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it's again, in an episode where really, they don't have a whole lot to do. Uh, it's kind of fun to have. This is, I think, what Bosco and Yoko's often work so well. I mean, we saw it, obviously, uh, with the whole um, the car episode last one when, you know, Bosco's trying to get the car. I mean, again, it's got real no element to anything overall, but it's just great to kind of have these, you know, side little ones where they, they just work so well, Molly Price and Jason Wiles. But obviously we get the, um, the call over the radio, as you kind of uh, referred to before, uh, and Bosco's like, that's the retarded girl, right? What does Yoko say? Like, and people say that you're uh, asleep during roll call. Uh, <laughs> I just, I love it. It's so good. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add on that. I, you know, and not to be a spoiler alert, but I like how, like, the next episode, to come back to what you said about him being a bigot, she also says that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's kind of like, you know. And I think I think what I think what they do well in this first season with Bosco is that yeah he definitely has elements of you know being a, you know insensitive and a bigot just with a lot of the terms he says, but we do have an episode which I think kind of does really summarise him uh, later on when he basically has his whole spiel and speech about him and his opinions and that basically at the end of the day um, it doesn't matter what he thinks of a person he's still a cop and he's going to help them. Um, and that's, yeah, like, I think there's kind of four things. It's not really a spoiler because, I mean, it's just, it's a good episode with sort of Bosco as a, as a cop. But, um, and I think kind of going back to what I was saying before about how I'm sure there's people in the NYPD on this to this day. I mean, that's just society. You've got people like this in society, be them police or not. And, and that's just going to be who they are. It's, it might not, not necessarily be the politically correct way that a person has opinions, but, I think, and not defending bigots, but, I mean, at the end of the day, a person might have opinions that aren't necessarily correct by the by the, the standards of society, but it doesn't mean they're a I, horrible person. I mean, there's... It's in every profession. I mean, even the military. I have friends who are in the military. They're friends with some people I would never talk to yeah. because of how, like, their opinions. But, I mean, it just... It is what it is. I know, I know I mean, people with opinions that definitely are offensive uh, to most people. But they're still decent human beings just because they have an opinion that can offend, uh, you know, and that's, I think, without getting too sidetracked, it's just kind of, I think that's a big problem with society is that somebody can have one opinion and then people automatically assume that defines them as a person and it doesn't necessarily define a person by having one opinion. No, absolutely. I agree. I mean, and to me, like, it depends on what it is. I think there's so, I think there's a line at one point though. I mean, it depends. And it depends on also the action. Like, are yeah. they going to take action on how they feel? Depending on what it, that is, you know? For sure. Absolutely. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that episode with Bosco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Outside of that, uh, we, we see Doc. He's taking his dad home. Remember his dad? Uh, he was sick. Um, we haven't seen him. This is, I mean, he's been in hospital for a long time. Um, but, I mean, it's just kind of a nice little set-up scene, I guess, of uh, Doc and his father and just sort of uh, his dad again kind of going on about how he needs to go out there and live his life. Um, you know, what does he say? Like, you're doing so great. You ain't got nothing to do but worry about me. Uh, and again, dates this episode by Doc saying, you've got my beeper. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, there was a time I didn't understand what the hell a beeper was. And it's kind of, it's such a weird piece of technology to think that they could develop this tiny little black box that somebody would ring for you to then go to a phone to ring them back. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it really seems like a stupid invention when the cell phone was a thing anyway. So was it just cheaper to make? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I do remember, like, my mom had one, like, in the drawer after, like, cell phones became more popular. And I was like, what is this? 
And she's like, oh, it's a beef board. And I was like, oh, can I play with it? <laughs> I saw it as a toy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of wanted one when I was little because, you know, you kind of thought it was cool. It's kind of like when I was younger, like, you know, I always watch all these TV shows and everybody had a lawyer. So I was like, I want a lawyer. And it's like, my dad was like, Ben, you don't need a lawyer. Like, you you don't need one if you need to go to court. And I'm like, but I want to be one of those people who can, like, I'll call my lawyer. You know, it's. I had the same feeling, though. I think it's because we love to watch and other shows like this. Yeah. So much it's just, too. I just see, like, a cool thing to say. Like, I'm going to call okay. my lawyer. An accountant, a lawyer, a banker, all that. I'm going to call my accountant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the things you wanted to be cool in like the nineties. Um, so yeah, we see that. Then obviously we're back to. I mean, I love how Bosco and Yokers are already out in the street. Yeah, for some reason Davis is still at the precinct. Like, he hasn't left. So um, <laughs> him and Tepper just have a little bit of a conversation, and all of a sudden, oh no, Tepper has to be in court, so she has to leave. So Davis is on foot patrol. So uh, that's a nice little interesting there for him. Um, but then we cut back to Bosco and Yokus because, again, they're already out in the street and already solving crimes while Davis is putting on his thermals. Um, and they go to this house because this is where Mindy, the retarded girl, is. We meet Francis, um, who also is, let's just say, uh, mentally challenged. I don't want to keep using the word retarded. It does kind of make me feel uncomfortable to use that word. Um, 2017 has educated me well that I'm not comfortable using a word that isn't politically correct anymore. Um, and we obviously meet, he's obviously a very sweet boy, uh, and he essentially, uh, is there with, with Mindy, and they're very much in love, um, and Yokus obviously and Bosco are kind of thinking like, well, why is she missing? She's just hanging out with her boyfriend. And I just want to point out that, um, I'm assuming, and I maybe I should have looked this up coming into this episode, uh, that both of them in real life are mentally, uh-uh. they're not? Uh, wait, look up the guy if you can. Okay. And I believe he's not. I think he's, if he's the same guy, he's in my favorite show. Okay. Because uh, he's younger. I found he's both of them. Younger. So, Francis the Seal is played by Brian Greenberg. Yep. No, he's not. He's uh, in One Tree Hill. He's not. Okay. He's good. So, well, he does very, very well. Um, yeah. And then I'm looking here at Ashley Wolf plays Mindy. I think she is. I yeah. don't know. I think the the characteristics of Down syndrome. I'm not sure. I don't want to come across like oh, but I think she is. But I don't. I know he's not because he's been in so many sh- movies that I've seen. And he's good. Well, just looking here at Ashley Wolf. I mean, it doesn't say anything on her bio or anything, and she's been in plenty. Of, well, not plenty. She's only been in a, a very small uh, handful. But it doesn't, again, it doesn't really say anything more and her characters don't. Again, like, absolutely agree with you. Like, I mean, if, if they're both not, um, they act extremely well. But, like, I would say, like, the characteristics, as you're saying, with, like, with Down Syndrome, I and this is nothing, not, not a knock against it or anything like that. But, I mean, it is a very, I guess, um, pinpointed condition that you can tell somebody has. So Yeah, yeah, you know. And it's awesome that, you know, she was... Awesome in this role. She did great. You know, I think that's awesome. I, I believe she is because she looks familiar. Like, she's done a few other movies I've seen with my mom, like, in the 90s or yeah. early 2000s, I believe. I know he's not. And so, I mean, but they're both great. I mean, it was awesome. So. It's, um, it's interesting because you actually, you know, when you type in Google, like, you type something and then you kind of, you're going into it and it kind of predicts what you're typing. So, like, I've just typed in Ashley Wolf. And then I've actually typed in Ashley Wolf, and I've typed, typed letter D, and the first thing that comes up is Ashley Wolf Down Syndrome. So I'm clearly not the first person to have ever Googled her um, yeah. saying that. So, look, uh, I mean, looking at some of the other pictures here, it looks like she does. Uh, and, again, that's not that's definitely not a knock against her. I mean, it's, it's she's a good actress. Absolutely not. So, yeah. She is. I mean, and you gotta give you got to give it up to her because it's awesome that she got this role because a lot of people are so judgmental nowadays. They don't give those many roles out to people, you know, to diverse people. So it was pretty cool to see that. Yeah. And I think Third Watch was good at that. Definitely. You know, they, it's, Third Watch is such, is such a diverse show. Well, we had that in, um, uh, Glee had a character, didn't they? Uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, a, a major character had Down Syndrome. And then I know here in Australia, we had a show called Summer Heights High that had plenty of, uh, Down Syndrome characters in it. So yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's great that, yeah, the diversity that you're saying with it. So, um, 
yeah, good good job by both the actors uh, involved. Um, we get this little, I, I mentioned before, this is kind of just a throwaway scene with Bobby and Kim when they're sitting there. And uh, I, I, like you mentioned, I think, last episode, how you really liked Kim Raver in the episode, even though she didn't really do much. Uh, I, lo- I just love her. Maybe it's just a Kim Raver thing that she can kind of steal a scene by kind of her blasé attitude where she kind of just doesn't give a fuck. Uh, when she's just like sitting there with Bobby and then she's talking about her friend Jeannie slept with Jimmy. And then what does Bobby say? Like, oh, so, you know, did you solve that? And she's like, what, my friend Jeannie? No, I haven't spoken to her since. <laughs> like, it's just the way she's just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I love it. So, like, how did that go? I haven't spoke, spoken to her, like, for six years. I yeah. was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I am with that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, kind of, they get the call from that point though. We've got this, uh, this crash. It's obviously kind of Sully storyline, isn't it? Uh, there's been a hit and run, uh, guys run over some kids as they were getting off a school bus. Uh, we see sadly one child has died. There's two kids that are, that are injured. There's the, the one poor kid, the one that Carlos is like, you be a hero, okay? Uh, he keeps getting checked over by paramedics and they just keep walking off on him. Obviously his injuries aren't as, uh, severe as the other people, but it just seems like every single person who walks up to this kid is like, you okay? Cool. We're just going to go help some other people. This poor little kid's you like mean- so scared. <laughs> I was so surprised. I don't know if it was just me, but Carlos's dialogue at that point kind of sounded different. Like, oh, like you be here, okay? So fake. Like, it sounds so forced, fake. very forced to me. That was that was clearly the the trailer line that they were going for. I mean, we saw it in the tonight on third watch. That was definitely the the grab that they were going for because it just I don't think it suits Carlos's character. No, well, it sounds like English is not his language when he did that. Like, you be here, okay? Like, like we were supposed to expect him to speak speak foreign language now mm. because of the way he said that and so it was just different to me but it was still nice i mean we get yeah. we get also of course sally questioning the people and we kind of because i mean this is like a, it's a very interesting storyline and it's kind of i i always forget about this episode in a way but then i think they kind of handle this uh, situation well because i mean kind of ford going and what happens here the guy who does a hit and run is an african-american man who obviously uh, didn't mean to he slipped on some ice couldn't hit the brakes took some kids out and then we obviously later find out that he done, didn't stop because this neighborhood was where another african-american was what beaten to death uh so he was scared mm-hmm. that was going to happen to him so we get these guys on the street these very like you know flat out racist guys who were flat out saying i don't know he was black like that's all they said they had no other thing was to say black guy yeah exactly so <laughs> yeah. and sally's like yeah you said that and you know that's all they want to say so um, I mean, it definitely, I mean, it's an interesting storyline. We'll obviously get to that a little bit uh, after. We get Davis with Candyman. We obviously met Candyman last episode, but uh, here he is again. Uh, we learn a little bit about Sully. He was called Moondog Sully. Um, we see uh, Candyman walking around with his little bag of candy, giving him to the kids. Um, you know, you want some candy? Like, I love the way he kind of says that. Um, and then we meet, I love it when they go to the... Uh, the ATM and what is like, you know, you can tell Candy straight away knows the streets. Like, he knows the people. He knows the neighbourhood. And he's like, oh, this ATM is always, you know, people, uh, shit going down. And the, the, the Korean lady, you know, my husband, he shoot you. Um, and then what does the guy say? Like, this Chinese lady's like, he's like, he's not, chi- not Chinese. Ain't no Chinese around here. He's Korean. <laughs> like, just love the way. Uh, it's like, Flea, you want some candy? <laughs> just like, I love the way. He does, like, he starts off so cool, Candyman, doesn't he? Like, we don't hate him at this point. <laughs> He's a cool guy. He is, he is. I mean, actually, now that I'm watching these episodes again, I'm realizing, like, you know what? If you, if you're watching him with, like, a, of course, when you're young, you're kind of, like, more judgmental. You're like, man, I hate this guy. But then now that I'm watching him, I'm like, oh, he's, he's a good guy. I don't think I could hate him at all, actually, to be honest. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> a shout out. Wendell Pierce is his name. Uh, the actor, and I've, I've seen him in other, I'm just trying to scroll through his, um, his credits here, because I know I've seen him in something else. Um, I mean, he's been in lots of things, just looking through here. He's a very well-established actor. But, um, yeah, he does a great job of this kind of really diverse character that, as you were saying, like, yeah, you like him, but then, obviously, with what's going to happen in this episode, I mean, he, he does that sort of, that, that character that you kind of don't know whether you're meant to like him or hate him really, really well. Um, and obviously that plays in a little bit, uh, into the next episode, which we'll get to, and then, uh, you know, a bit of a conclusion, but I, I will say, don't get too attached to Candyman, he's kind of only a one-season character, 
Uh, just to, yeah. you know, all our fans out there who are maybe watching Dirtwatch for the first time are like, wow, can't wait to see so much more of Candyman. It's like, yeah, don't <laughs> get too attached. Um, so. I feel like this just bought me a bag of candy for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> True. We should just be uh, sitting here chilling on some candy. Uh, or as we would call them in Australia, lollies. There you go. We're very British. Um, so there's that. We we go to the hospital. Oh, no, we're sorry. Back in the, pre- the precinct, we meet Mindy's mum. She's obviously very concerned, finds out that she was with Francis, and she's basically saying that she was raped. Um, that, you know, obviously because they're both mentally challenged, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's 15. Francis is, what, 23? Uh, look, I mean, you can see the concerned mother there. Obviously, she doesn't want him, uh, doesn't want her hanging around with people like that. I mean, the age gap is quite large, but as obviously Bosco's pointing out, you know, like, they don't know any different. They're in love. Like, I mean, it's not like he's raping her against her will. Like, I, I, the whole, what is it, uh, uh, statutory thing, I guess, comes into play there but um and it's again it's it's kind of saying that they don't really have much to do in this episode but i mean it's still a very very interesting storyline a lot of interesting storylines in this episode that really make you kind of think to what side you should be on i'm on uh i get it because i think the thing with third watch is like lately they have been doing a lot more storylines that like have nothing to do like really the characters but it does it kind of shows like what cops deal with every day yeah yeah for sure and this is what yeah and it's good, I feel, when a TV show, and it's not just a third watch thing, I mean, it's a, a lot of TV shows do it when you, you do have these plot lines where, you know, it's kind of black and white, you're meant to hate, or you, there's meant to be a bad guy. Like, I mean, hit and run. Straight away, you're like, what an asshole Who hits kids and runs away? Like, I mean, as as Sully says, like, everyone has a crime they hate. Uh, mine's hit and run. It's Coward's Act, um, which is true, absolutely. But then kind of, you know, when it's explained why uh, you do really think in those situations, and it's good when a TV show can really get inside your head and make you think, like, well, yeah, what what do I agree with here? Like, he shouldn't have hit the kids, but I can understand why he didn't want to get out of the car, you know what I mean? So um, that's why, like, maybe that's what the Chicago series does well, Brandy. you got Chicago Justice uh, to work this out. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I... Uh... Here's the thing about Third Watch. I love that it doesn't go too in-depth with things. Like, it does, but it's just enough to where it's not... I don't know if this is the right word, but annoying. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't explore things to the point where it's kind of annoying. Like, nobody wants to it's watch not it. It's all about... It's not preachy. It's all preachy. It's all about race, or it's all about politics, or it's all about this, you know? I definitely agree. I, like that. and that's, I think that, that's just going back a couple of episodes where I binned, obviously, uh, Demolition Derby. I think my issue was that like, I completely agree with you. I think Third Watch is definitely not a preachy show. They they handle race issues or, or like, sexist, sexist issues or things like that. They, they handle it very well, I feel. Um, but, I mean, that's I think my issue was a couple of episodes ago was it did seem very preachy, religiously down your throat. Um that's uh, and that's not necessarily just because it was a religious thing. Like I'd probably feel the same way if they were like just over the top, you know, preaching out of out of context. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like I don't, I'm not a fan of a show when it can do that because yeah, I get why you need to have a storyline around religion or race or homophobia or sexism. Like I get that it's still issues in society. You need to portray it, but there is a fine line between covering it well which i think this episode does very well and multiple episodes do well with her which i completely agree with you but then you do have an episode like a couple episodes ago where it can come across as preachy i get it and it's i mean i get tired because sometimes when you watch tv you want it to escape you know sometimes and it's then you turn on tv and it's all preaching about one thing you're trying to escape from so i mean i do like that about certain shows especially third watch i mean with the race issue factor. And we see some of the race factors with Doc at one point as well. And Morales with an incident. I'm not sure when that one happened. Uh, season but... two, yeah. I think, and like, even that's handled well. I think that that's obviously looking forward to season two when they, um, they kind of focus solely on one character per episode. And I, just jumping ahead, I mean, I, I was not a fan of that when I first saw it. I just really did not like how they did that. But just over the years, I've really come around to it. And again, I, I think I've said this before, I think season two might be my favourite season of Third Watch and, you know, one of the best series overall of any TV show because I think they handle it very well. Um, and I think, that, yeah, like, there, I know the episode you're talking about and it's very heavily included in that episode. The whole storyline is kind of built around race, but I think it's done very well, um, particularly around a character like Doc who doesn't really 
use his race as any kind of excuse for anything, if you know what I mean. Like, you, I mean, for, and that's what I think, like, a show like Third Watch with such a diverse cast, like, you've got a variety of different races, uh, and not just obviously now, but even across the course of the series, you get, you know, multiple races as major characters. It is often handled so well. And this is kind of going back then to even someone like Yokus, how we said at the very beginning, it's really kind of not shoved down your throat that she's a female cop. There are definitely elements of her storyline where that comes into it, but you forget, you just think of her as a cop and you think of Doc as a paramedic. You don't, the race doesn't usually come into it, which is good. That was perfect. That was a perfect example right there. You just said it. I mean, and that's what I like. And it's also, I like that it's not one-sided. Like some shows are just so one-sided where with Doc, you also see Morales like, yeah, but you know, what are you gonna do? You know, what are you gonna do? I mean, I just like that it's not one sided. You, there's different opinions, different sides. So like, different members of the audience can tune in. Yeah, it's not gonna eliminate one side for sure. And one, and one so thing, yeah, and one thing that I definitely, and again, we sidetrack, we do it all the time. But um, and we'll get to this obviously <laughs> when we get to season three. But I think Third Watch, you know, a show like Third Watch that existed in New York City when September 11 happened, there is no way that they could have avoided it. No way. Uh, particularly the line of work that these people are in. And I remember when when 9-11 happened and kind of when this all was, you know, coming back, I used, I was thinking, like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to work around 9-11 in Third Watch? And again, without getting too much into detail and spoiling anything, how they handled it, I think, was exceptional. And, um, you know, they didn't preach it. They didn't over, you know, over-drama, dramatise it, the word I'm trying to find there. Um, and they, you know, they did it very respectfully. Um, and I mean, I didn't watch a whole lot of shows around that time that were set in New York, so I can't really comment too much on a lot of other shows, how they handled it. But from what I've seen, how shows have handled it, I definitely think Third Watch is arguably one of the best shows that handled it well. Uh, but again, well, forward thinking, that's still a season and a half away. Uh, we're still in innocent, we're still in the innocent years of the year 2000. So, you know, we don't need to think about 9-11 yet. No, the audience has a lot to look forward to. That's what you can take away from this episode. That yeah, some of the stuff we talked about, you just have a lot to look forward to. For sure. Anyway, let's uh, let's get some lighter side here. Kim, I, I like Kim this episode. You said it last episode. I'm going to say it this episode because we just kind of get this little throwaway, you know, bit of them helping out a girl who's been injured in a hockey game. Um, and I just love they're out in the ice. You've obviously got this concerned coach, and then you've got the other coach who's just kind of like, you know, that's why they call it hockey. And then Kim's like, you know, is that meant to mean something? I don't get it. And then what does she say? Something like, again, she's like, I stopped saying that. She's like, what am I getting attitude from you now? And she's like, well, what are you going to do? Take take me out of the league too? Like, I just love Kim's I love I do. That was awesome. I mean, you don't really get a lot of back talk from Kim like that. I mean, it was just good. This is really a Kim doesn't give a fuck episode. She's just like, fuck she you all. Think. I don't give a fuck. I'll do what I want. Well, did you realize, like, when it has come to kids, that's her mom's side coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, she it's just such a throwaway me. scene, but I, I just love it. Um, we then get uh, Davis and uh, Candy. They're having lunch. Um, and then they kind of get up and go, don't pay because Candy gets stuff for free. And then Sally notices for the first time, I'm like, hey, cool, you're with Candy. But then he's trying to obviously warn him, like, you're going to see stuff, just like, just don't see it, um, which is kind of, you know, obviously uh, interesting. Um, then we, I, I love, actually, just quickly with Sully, kind of like, he goes in there, gets his coffee, you know, poor old Sully gets a call straight away, the hit and run guys turn himself in, so we can't even enjoy his coffee, so... Poor Sully. Doesn't even tip the guy as he leaves. He just poured in coffee. Surely, I just was in America for like seven weeks, Brandy. That surely deserves at least like a couple of dollars, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't. Um, I would say, I don't know. When you're a police officer, it's different. <laughs> I don't know. I think it does. I Come on. Coffee. I don't know. I don't drink coffee like that at a cafe. Well, I know, like, I, really the, I know in a lot of like cafes and places like that, which, you know, it just doesn't happen here in Australia, but like, I mean, it, they're always refilling your cup. Like, it's always these free refills and things like that, which, again, it's come to Australia. We don't get free refills. So, to me, it's like unique and I love it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still kind of, I just would assume that he's sitting down for like two seconds and it kind of, at least there needs to be some form of like, you know, I mean, the guy just didn't get any money for giving the cops free food. So, like, you know... <laughs> 
I guess that's my blind side. Cause like, you know, like it's funny how you come over and you like realize a lot more things. And I'm just like, it's every day for me. So yeah. I'm just like, eh. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Wait, what? To me, that, that's just kangaroos <laughs> pouring me coffee. You know, that's just kind of how it works here. Next time I go today. This is how it works. Um, so uh, from there, uh, just a quick little scene with Carlson, Doc in the ambulance, you know, Doc just asking, how does he look to you? Um, and then, uh, yeah, we get this kind of, you know, we had such a good little moment in the last episode with Doc, you know, saying to Carlos, like, you know, you're right, you know, I should have listened to you. And, you know, Carlos's whole, like, yeah, don't do it again. And we're kind of back to classic Doc and Carlos where Doc's basically like, you're right, you know, none of your business. So we're kind of, we've got that animosity between the two all of a sudden, which again is unique with their relationship that it's kind of, it's good one moment, bad the next, you know, where Sully's and Davis has kind of always developed into this really strong father-son bond. Doc and Carlos doesn't ever really get to that level, maybe except for the the final time they're on screen together. So, um, it's a very uh, it's a very up and down relationship, which is good. I think it works very, very well. Uh, Sully is then to the the guy, the hit and run guy. Uh, he's turned himself in. He's in a, a playground. Uh, he arrests him. We hear from this guy that he was a teacher. He's asking about the child, how they all went. And then this is the point, as we said, yeah, that, like, obviously he didn't want to stop in that neighborhood because that's where a, a young African-American kid was obviously bashed to death. So he said, like, if I had it pulled over, I would have had, like, five white guys wailing on me and, like, beating the crap out of me. So, um, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting kind of look at it. Obviously, Sully straight away is very much like, you know, like, it's a cow that you're an asshole. Uh, but obviously that comes around a little bit. I mean, I, I we can kind of wrap... I, I think we can kind of you know, jump ahead there and just wrap it up a little bit. Cause obviously, you know, Sully kind of has a bit of a talk with, uh, doc about it and kind of gets his opinion on it. And then obviously we see him with the, uh, the DA later on sign of he's added a letter. So Sully goes pretty quickly from hating this guy cause he's hit and run to really, I guess, sympathizing him because obviously he knows it. I mean, that's kind of Sully's storyline. Uh, I mean, we have get a little bit with him and Davis laughter, which we'll obviously touch on, but I don't know if you really want to add anything on this storyline. Cause again, as we, I think we covered it well. It's one of these ones that really makes you think about what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. No, I got to add something. I mean, I would love, to, I love to say that I like that. They didn't make him a stereotypical cop and Sully in this terms. I mean, he could have just been like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Race, whatever. I like that. They did it something different this time. You know, because they could have made Sully, like, the asshole, like, usually he is sometimes. <laughs> but instead, they made him, like, because he was, like, Doc. So this guy, because actually, it was different. They reversed it, because Doc was, like, well, it sounds kind of convenient to me, if you don't you think? And you would think Doc would be, like, yeah, it's true. But instead, it was Sully was, like, but can it be true? Yeah. And so it was kind of cool how they, like, reversed the roles of those two. I thought that was pretty wise. Yeah. And you can kind of, you, you can tell, obviously, I think he's gone to Doc a little bit because, you know, Doc's obviously African-American, so he wants his viewpoint on it. But it's also, I think, the case that, kind of going back to what we're saying with a character like Doc, like, it's never really plays into that level with him, does it? Like, you you don't, the race card, he's never played that much with Doc and he doesn't live his life that way. So even the way Doc kind of answers Sully is kind of done in a way that, obviously, these two have a real level of respect for each other. They've been out there on the streets for a long time. They've worked with each other for a long time. So therefore, you know, Sully's always going to go and get a bit of an opinion on when it comes to, you know, slight race issues because, you know, obviously, Sully's an older white guy. He's not going to fully understand what it's like to be an African-American in that situation. Third Watch did it well. I mean, you see a lot of these shows, and not to, like, put any shows down, but I watch a lot of these shows, especially with racism. You know, I'm African-American. So I get into this, and you don't see that. I'm Most of the time, you do not see it on shows nowadays. And so I just thought it was cool to see Doc. Like, it sounds kind of convenient, but, yeah, it could be true. And so, you know, instead of Doc automatically being, like you said, they're making it about race and, like, putting it right there in your face. Yeah. I like this show. That's why I love Third Watch. There are some unique things about Third Watch that other shows haven't really done well completely completely agree uh we then cut back to davis and um candy man who have been called to a bar and oh who is it it's maddie he's uh telling some girl the truth sheila who's ready to bash him up with a baseball bat and this is kind of really the moment i feel where starts things start to go shit for poor old maddie um but i i do i love this scene the way candy man handles this is again kind of going back to the saying about how you can't not not like candy man because just the way he gets the whistle out and you know penalty unnecessary roughness 15 yards <laughs> like just the way he handles that like it's so cool and then i love the way when they walk out of the bar with maddie what is Davis like here's your bat just like hands the bat back to her like i mean i know it's not a gun or anything but do you really hand a weapon back to a woman who's ready to like bash oh, someone up with it <laughs> 
went too. Like the way she just yanked it back in a way. Like he was a kid, you're back. And she kind of, I felt like she yanked it. I'm like, I was kind of confused too. I was like, wouldn't she just take it? Yeah. But then they're walking. They're, they're walking. So I was like, well, maybe because they're like they're on foot patrol. He's like, well, I don't want to carry it everywhere. So here's your bat. I do also like the <laughs> fact know. that um, they walk outside. They ask for his name, and as soon as he says Maddie Caffey, straight away, David Davis is like, oh, you Bobby's brother? Because what? the name Kathy, you automatically must be related to somebody who happens to live opposite you. Like, I mean, I know Kathy's not exactly like Smith, but I mean, it's, I guess there's probably <laughs> lots of Kathy's in New York City. I mean, you know, it's just, what if he said no? Oh, okay, sorry, just someone else I know. <laughs> I just, no, I get that point, but I also get, it's one of those like, well, let me ask just in case, you know, I'm looking now. And how does Davis know. know Bobby's brother? Like, at what point have we ever seen Davis and Bobby hang out and chill as bros? Like, I mean, is that just common knowledge around the 55th precinct that, oh, we know all our siblings from our people across the street in the FDMY? I was just going to say that, right? When I was thinking that, you said it. I was like, wait, they never hung out, have I they? I think we only ever get one scene that I can remember that Davis and Bobby are ever involved, and that is in my favourite episode when, spoiler alert, Davis ends up throwing up in Bobby's car, but that's a whole other storyline. But um, I already knew when you said yeah. that. Mm. And there's one line, drunk Davis, when he's like, Bobby, like I just, I just love... Well, Kobe Bell has some great lines. Like, he has some very memorable ways of delivering his lines. But, um... Well, that kind yeah. of too. The fact that we thought about the same episode shows you that they don't really have that many scenes together. Because as, as, as soon as you said... There's only one scene. I was like, yep, I know. Yeah, I, this is the thing. This is where kind of like going back to like some of my random interactions between characters. I've always been that way. Like, I like it when some of these characters who don't really interact well uh, are commonly with each other. Like, uh, you know, it's probably my favorite pair, which I think we maybe only get two or three times, maybe a few more. Uh, is obviously Bosco and Carlos, whenever Bosco and Carlos get together. But, uh, I mean, one of my favourite episodes too, which is also in Season 2, I believe, from memory, is uh, we get a kind of a, a whole episode revolving around uh, Bosco and Yokus and Doc and Carlos all being together. Um, and just, like, just random meetings like that. Like I, I said before, like, how early on in this season we got a few Kim and Yokus scenes, but that kind of just fades away. But, like, you could see Kim and Yokus hanging out because they're both mothers, they're both kind of females in these, you know, masculine industries. Like, you can really see them as being good friends. Um, and, you know, even, like, the Sully-Doc relationship kind of fades away over the seasons, but then obviously comes full circle with how Doc eventually leaves the show. So it's, it's yeah, it's, um you know, it's interesting. I do like random meetings with her. But, yeah, like, in no way should Davis know who Bobby's brother is. <laughs> so. <laughs> huh. I mean, he's closer to, Car- like, like you said before, he's closer to Carlos than... Yeah. Yeah. So. I, do, I don't know how he knows, but anyway, he knows it. Uh, but speaking of random things, uh, coming up next, we have Random Jimmy. Did you know Jimmy was in this episode, Brandy? He just pops up out of nowhere. Um, because here he is, having a good little conversation with Kim. We find out there's some random guy downstairs ready to see him. Uh, before we get to that, I just want to say, I do like this whole little Jimmy-Kim scene. You know, obviously, you know, she's like, what is he like? Oh, thank you for, um, you know, that letter. And then kind of, oh, thanks for not writing me for about the child support. And Kim ends up writing him a little bit. But uh, we obviously meet uh, Sam. Um, and just to skip ahead here, because I know there's a scene in between when we first meet Sam and that, but, I mean, there's so little to do with Jimmy in this episode that we can just get this over and done with. Uh, Jimmy's obviously in a little bit of trouble. He's obviously got some gambling debts, and essentially this guy needs $5,000 straight away, otherwise shit will go down. He says he's not threatening him, but he's like, you know, who who thinks threatening here? You know, whatever it is. Um, I just, I just... This seems so forced. Like, I, I I, kind of know that we get this Jimmy storyline a little bit, which we were talking about a couple of episodes ago, I think, when, um, you know, it comes into Jimmy's storyline and kind of, you know, his development as a father and to become more responsible, which I get, I completely get, and I nothing against the overall storyline, but we haven't seen him at all. How far are we into the episode at this point? At least halfway through. And it's just kind of like the writers have just gone, hey, shit, we haven't included Jimmy in this episode. Fuck. Um, here he is, and he's got a gambling debt. Shit, quick, write it in. Um, like, it's just, it's so forced. It comes out of nowhere. It's in it for two minutes, and then it's done, and we're expected to remember that in the next episode? Where was this on tonight on Third Watch? <laughs> oh, my God. No, I agree. I mean, because they didn't really show us any background. Like, we know he loves sports yeah. we do we knew that but it never gave us any indication like hey you know he has a gambling net. he has a gambling problem we haven't 
They didn't give us any indication about that. And so this came out of the blue, like you said. <laughs> so where was this tonight? It's just, it's just like, it's just, it really, what baffles me with, I think, how they work these storylines. Because, I mean, again, we know it's challenging. They've got, like, what, nine cast members over three professions. And it's obviously going to be, you know, you're going to have one episode focusing more on one than the other. But it just, it, it's, it literally, to me, is like, fuck, we haven't included Jimmy. We need to find him. I would have been completely fine. This is nothing against the character of Jimmy. This is nothing against Eddie Cibrian. I would have been completely fine if they just did not include him in this episode at all. Because you wouldn't know. You basically don't realise it anyway until you see his, you know, fantastically shaped cheekbones smiling at Kim all of a sudden. Um, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, fuck, Eddie Cibrian's on the cast of Third Watch. Here he is. <laughs> and of course he's, work, he's working out right when they introduce ah oh, he's always episode. working out I mean you know the guy looks amazing fuck you Eddie Cibrian uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're a nice guy uh, but you know <laughs> us ugly fat white people as I said at the beginning of this episode you know we're, we're so jealous of you but yeah it just, it's just it's shoved down your throat it's like here's Jimmy <laughs> it's like oh there he was bye bye see you later <laughs> Um, we get, um, in between the random Jimmy scene, the the one that I gelled over was basically the the Doc and, and Sally one we talked about, but we do get a nice little Doc and Morales scene. Obviously, we closed the last episode off with them getting a bit of a, a pash on. Uh, but I, it's, again, it just goes to the, the great chemistry between the pair, you know, Michael Beach and, and Lisa Vidal. Just, what does she say? Like, you hardly said hello. And he's like, hello. Uh, and I, and I like that line when it's like, I've been thinking about you. Good. How do you know it's been good? Like, it's just like, it's just this nice little flirtatious little banter. It just, again, it's, it's a random scene. You put this in with the random Jimminess. It's like, here's Morales. Um, but like, you remember the Morales stuff more than you do with the whole Jimmy stuff because it's just this great chemistry between the two. So, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know if you had anything to add on that, but. (laughs) I I don't. It's interesting, but no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, cut back to uh, Maddie, uh, Davis, and, and Candyman have called Bobby, because, again, they're besties. Um, and <laughs> imagine that phone call. Hey, buddy Bobby, we're besties. You know, does he beep him? Like, I don't know how that works. Um, but we, we get Bobby and Maddie kind of having a bit of an argument, and we learn that uh, at one point uh, the, the Sheila woman that Maddie was going off at was pregnant with his kid, it's a random thing to throw in there because I mean, did she lose the baby? Does she have a baby? Like, is is Maddie a father? Like, it's 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 just it's one of these random things that is just thrown in there for what purpose? You know, I I don't know why we need to learn at one point she was pregnant. Well, as much as Bobby has talking about his family, you never hear about like, oh yeah, and then uh, Maddie's kid, he's doing good or she's doing. I'm good. assuming he's- it didn't happen. Because, uh, yeah, I'm sure. But it just seems that such... It, it brings more questions than answers by saying that. Well, I think it's just for the dramatic effect. Like, for sure. Like, she yeah. was pregnant with a kid. So that's really what it was. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But it's just, you know... And then I, we do get the uh, the great, again, kind of going back to John Cedar. And, like, he's a great actor. You know, as Bobby... Like, when he goes to walk off and Bobby's like, Where are you going? And he's like, Anywhere I damn please! Like, it's just, you know, just the way he delivers that line is... So good, and I love it. Last time it we is. kind of seen Maddie in a, I guess a good part. Um, just uh, a good light. <laughs> yeah, a good yeah, exactly. From there, Candy and Davis back on the street. They see a drug deal going down. Basically, uh, they chase after them. Uh, then Candy gets um, incredibly suspicious all of a sudden because he basically takes his is his name Angel, and he like basically takes him. He's like, I'm gonna go talk to him in private. Like, you just stay there. Uh, so this is setting up like what's Candyman doing a bit sus um, back to to Yokus is in the hospital uh, with the with Mindy's mum is it Mandy or Mindy I've forgotten already um, you know who I'm talking about Mindy thank you um, and then you know we get this you know spiel about um, you know Yokus obviously trying to just say like look I don't think it was rape and um, you know she the mum doesn't care basically wants to put him in jail or all that sort of stuff uh, what does she say? Like, it doesn't matter what you say. It's rape and just, you know, it's, a good, it's one of these conversations that kind of get you thinking a little bit, I guess. Um, we get the Sully talking to the ADA. We've already gone over that. Um, and we see Davis um, and Candyman. All of a sudden, uh, Candyman's got a bag of money. 
uh, which he then tries to give to Davis. So we learn that shock horror, Candyman's dirty. Uh, he's basically taking a bribe from this guy to get him away. Then he offers uh, Davis half. Uh, Davis obviously does the right thing and says, no, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want any of this money. What are you doing? And then we get the line that Candyman says, and you're Ty Davis's kid? Ooh, was Davis's dad dirty? Uh, so, yeah, it opens up a bit of a can of worms here, doesn't it? It does, and it only gets worse as time goes on. <laughs> yeah, and this is one thing, though. I think we have touched a little bit on this, you know, how it comes. We do get resolution to the Davis storyline, which comes a lot, lot later in Season 6. Um, and again, continuity levels kind of gets thrown out the door a little bit uh, when it comes to resol- resoluting this story, if that's a word. But it still does play into it a little bit. Like, um, you know, this scene we have, obviously, with uh, Davis confronting Sully, saying, like, you know, was my dad dirty? And, you know, we see it in the next episode when he confronts his mum about it. Like, at no point does Davis's, uh, Davis's mum or Sully ever flat out say no. They're very sidesteppy and, you know, trying to be nice to Davis about it all. So you're kind of thinking, like, okay, his dad was a bit of a dick behind the scenes. And obviously we get a random storyline in season two related to Davis's dad being a bit of a dick. And then we get a whole lot more in season six. So just not really spoiling it. It's stuff to look forward to. But yeah, I, I like the, I like the setup though. I like how they kind of set this up. Well, yeah, and of course they're, they're like with the mom pointed out, like you want me to. What was I forgot how she said it, but she was basically saying you want me to talk bad about your father or ruin his his uh, his his image or yeah. when he's in the grave. It's like he cared about you, and I like how they both were like. Well, Davis, he was your dad, you know, and and I, it's cool because you, I understand, you get both sides. You understand both sides. Davis is like, it does matter because I look up to this guy. I became a cop because this guy, and but at the same time, it's like Davis has to choose his own path, and I think he learns that throughout. You know, is that he doesn't, you know, yeah, definitely he doesn't have to be a certain way because his father was. But it definitely gets interesting in season six for sure. Yeah, oh for sure. We'll 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 get to that. We're still, you know. Five seasons away from that, but anyway, um, great little scene. Just Bosco and Yokus. I mean, there's not not a whole lot to it. Um, what does what does Bosco say about the report? Like, oh, this is one big report, and then um, and then Yokus is just like, yeah, but you, when you do a report, it's just one big spelling error. Uh, <laughs> I do like that. And then we kind of get this whole like you know uneducated Bosco uh, talking about like, oh, you know, it kind of does sound like a good idea to go to the Himalayas and the South Pole. Pole probably come across some crackhead Eskimos. And then just Yokus is like, Eskimos in the Himalayas? And we get that great Molly Price laugh that I love. And then we just get the the facial expression from Bosco. Just like, oh, such a well-acted... Like, again, it's a pointless scene. You know, it's absolutely pointless. But it's just... It's so it's so well acted. Again, it's just Bosco Yoga. You don't care if it's a pointless scene because it's just their their chemistry with each other and just how they work with each other. It's just it's so good. Why some of us come back? Every, we came back every night. I mean, every week for the episode. Yeah. Those moments right there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we get the the Sully scene, which I mentioned before about Dave. Just one thing I mentioned about Sully, like when he pulls up in the car and he's dancing. That that's kind of. Uh, that's kind of cool. Um, what else do we have here? Doc goes back to his dad, checks the bottles. Uh, they're all fine. Um, we, we, you know what always amazes me when you get in this, and we get it in this episode, and we get it in the next episode, uh, when they ask, like, Captain Obvious questions, when he's, like, talking to his dad, and, like, he's talking about his mum. It's like, do you miss her? What's he going to say? Nah, I'm over. I'm glad she's dead. Moving on. Like, I mean, it's kind of like a stupid question to ask, is it not? Do you miss your dead wife? No, not really. <laughs> uh, I mean, I used to, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm over it, you know. It's been a few years, I'm single oh, now. So, oh. yeah, she was good, but oh, whatever. I've discovered better things. <laughs> I mean, we get in the next episode, too, where Morales asks Doc, do you miss her? I mean, that's we'll get to that in the next episode because I think that's even more inappropriate. You're in bed, you just had sex, and what are you going to start talking about? His dead wife? Like, I mean, there's a time and place for these people. Um, anyway, sorry, we're just laughing about you know uh, dead mothers here. Uh, but um, it's I, I do like the line though. Davis, uh, Davis is Doc's dad. You know when he's obviously you know saying like you came to a full stop when Deborah died and. You know, you're still wearing the ring and, you know, you want to do something for me, get on with your life. So, 
I mean, it's a sweet little scene. I don't know if you've got anything really to add. It's not a major scene here, but it's, you know, one kind of brief happy moment for our dearly soon-to-be-very-much-depressed doc. No, I mean, no. I was just thinking, like, you know, there's a lot of talking about dads in this episode. Davis's dad, Doc's dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, there's a few things here. Oh, I think kind of the episode really closes off with a few little random scenes, though, really from here, just kind of quick-fire random scenes. But they're, they're, some of them are pretty obviously deep scenes. Uh, we, we first see this um, this shooting that's happened at a store. Sully is there and Bobby and Kim, and Bobby straight away obviously recognises uh, Mikey, who knows uh, his brother, and then um, basically we discover that they try to rob a... Is it a liquor store? Uh, they, they killed the attendant. One of the other people has died, and Mikey's, you know, kind of not saying anything because Bobby's asking, like, was my brother involved? Because there was a driver who did a runner. So, obviously, straight away, like, oh, shit, you know, has Maddie kind of gone to trouble again? Um, so, that kind of happens there. We get this great, really great random scene. It's just so random, but it's great. Yokus is walking home, just happens to walk past Bosco in a car, and he's all fidgety, and Yokus is all like, oh, hey, I thought you were going home. Like, let's go to the bar. Let's get a drink. And Bosco's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's all good. You go home. And then, all of a sudden, we see Nicole emerge from his lap. Uh, so... <laughs> I was a kid. And I was watching this. I was like, it was a shocking scene. But now, like, now that I'm older, I'm like, how did I not know this step? Like, how did I not know something was up? <laughs> it's kind of, it's a very risque scene in a way, too, for a network show. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's kind of like, whoa, okay. Uh, but it's still funny. Uh, just, again, completely, completely random. Um, we go back to Davis in his uh, locker and Candyman's left a little bag of money. Oh, no. Um, so that's kind of been there. Um, Doc's waiting for Morales. He takes the ring off. Um, and we get this... The way Doc delivers that line, the way he's like, don't tell me you don't want to ride. It's way too cold out here. It just sounds very... You were talking about Carlos's line before about being weirdly sounding. That always sounds really weird to me. Uh, and then, you know, what does Morales say? Like, a ride's not what I had in mind. Um, clearly she doesn't like to go on top. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, and <laughs> I had to say it. I had to say it. Um... And we close it off. Bobby's going home. He's a groan. Looks in the trash cans. There's Maddie. Uh, and he's saying, I screwed up. It's not my blood. And obviously, he was sadly involved in that shooting. My, my biggest question about that scene, I mean, it's a great scene to end the episode because, you know, it's tension. It's going to, you know, lead into the next episode. But uh, how does Maddie know that that's Bobby walking past? Like, does he just groan to every single person who's walking past him? Oh, shit, you're not Maddie. Just ignore me. I'm just in the trash can with blood all over me. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like, you lucked out there, Maddie. Like, that could have been somebody else. Could have been, you know, Doris from 2B or something like that. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. I uh, Honestly, I love the scene. I uh, That was cool, especially for brothers. I grew up with some brothers and, like, it was, I just love the closeness of Bobby and Maddie right here. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, he takes him, he takes him into his arms. He's just like, you're, you know, like, he's just checking to make sure his little bro's okay. You know, you don't see that affection between men a lot. So, it was, I just like the scene. Yeah, but, I like the same <laughs> I, too, I do like your perspective. I like the perspective too, though. <laughs> yeah, well, just, you know, pointing it out, pointing it out. Uh, so there we go. That's uh, Journey to the Himalayas. Uh, a, a decent episode, a good episode. I like this episode. Um, uh, I And I would like to hear your thoughts here, Brandy. I mean, wh- what are we doing with this? Are you, are you buying it, renting it, or binning it? I'll rent it. Rent it? What about you? Um, yeah. I, I, I would buy this. I, I really enjoy this episode. It's got, you know... The, the Bosco Yoka stuff's good. It's got some, you know, punchy storylines that really make you think. And it's kind of a, you know, it's a very, it's an out there episode that really kind of just gets you thinking. And I, I think that, you know, it's, it's a very, very strong episode. And, um, yeah, I, you know, the only negative to this episode really is random Jimmy. It's like, well, what are you doing there, Jimmy? But, um, yeah, it's, I, I like it. So, yeah, I'd buy it. I'll, I'll definitely. I like. I'll just rent it just because, like, the next one, the action packed. I mean, that's the one I really. Uh, I think it's set up. It sets it up for the next episode for sure. Which is why everyone has to stay tuned. Absolutely, and you will hear us talk about that next week. Of course, the next episode is called "This Band of Brothers," and uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. There's some there's some decent action in this episode. Uh, we get some obviously more Maddie and uh, Bobby stuff, and uh, you know, without spoiling it, we get. A scene that a lot of people have been waiting for. A lot. So, uh, get excited. Just get excited for the next episode because we will get to that scene. 
and as always, we appreciate everybody listening. Thank you so much for uh, for tuning in. If you're a fan of Third Watch, we love having you on board. If you discovered Third Watch and you're watching along with us, uh, we hope you're having fun. If you've ever got any questions or comments on us or on the show uh, or anything else like that, uh, you can always email us at theoznetwork at hotmail.com. Find us on Facebook, The Oz Network. You can comment on there, send us a message, tweet us. Uh, we're on YouTube as well. And the easiest way to get these episodes, of course, is directly to your device, iTunes, subscribe while you're there, leave us some feedback, rate us while you're there. And, of course, if you're not an Apple user, we are also, of course, on Stitcher. And if you like to stream shit because you're cool, because it's what people do in 2017, you can use Spotify because we are on Spotify. We're very hip with the kids these days. That's what we do. Um, Brandy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time on the show today. Thank you. It's been it's been fun. And uh, I will been. close it out by saying I don't know why I thanked you. I don't generally thank you because usually you thank yourself. So I'm just jumping ahead here. Uh, my name is Ben, and people say that clearly I sleep during these podcasts. And wouldn't it be nice to see Eskimos in the Himalayas? Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.